Think fast. Super Bowl Sunday is just around the corner, and we officially have a lineup in store for you. The Kansas City Chiefs, the San Francisco 49ers. Who do you have? Kansas City Chiefs. I also have the Kansas City Chiefs. All that and more here today on Beyond the Blitz. Good afternoon, morning, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. Blitz crew back at it. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers. We're here now on Think Fast. We haven't had a Think Fast episode in quite some time, Justin. Oh, yeah. First time it's just been me and you since our famous Christmas edition. Yeah, since Christmas, you're right. First Think Fast since uh, week 15, I believe. Yeah. We got to just get into it right now, though. We have some NFL news headliners going around the league, and as we've done in our last recent episodes, let's go over and see what's going on around the league because we're got to go beyond just the blitz of football see what's going on around the league so justin let me tell you something so in the pro bowl they were going to implement a new kicking rule that they are going to be testing out to see if they actually want to make this a real rule before we get on our thoughts on this i just want to explain to everybody exactly what it is they're going to be testing out this upcoming weekend so after a team scores After a team scores, instead of kicking off the football, they have two choices. The team that scored may elect to give team B the ball at the 25-yard line, so it's just pretty much like you're kicking a touchback, and that would just be normal. So just pretty much any one of the kickoff, they take over the 25-yard line, yada, yada, yada. Or the team that scored may elect to take the ball again on their own 25-yard line on a 4th and 15 play. If Team A is successful in making the first down, Team A will maintain possession and a new series of downs will continue as normal. If they are unsuccessful, the other team will take over at the marker, the same spot on their 25-yard line. So, huge risk-reward type thing. I mean, what do you think of this? The NFL is trying to make it to where they're going to eliminate kickoffs altogether. I think it'd be easy for them to do this if onside kicks was not a thing. Onside kick is something that's very lucrative, something that just comes out of nowhere. And, I mean, you think about Sean Payton, you think about that Super Bowl against the Colts. That wouldn't be one of the best Super Bowls ever if that onside kick didn't happen. So I don't think you can just eliminate onside kicks. I kind of like this idea, but I don't like that it's 4th and 15 at your own 25. It should be at the 40 because that's where you get the ball if you don't get the onside kick like you just you know you get it at the 40 yard line so you have to make that sort of decision when it comes to this but honestly why not just keep the onside kick as it is i mean again like i said even though you have all of these like medical issues and everything and yes like kickoffs yes they are a little bit of an issue when it comes to injury but like just as a fan if you just took the onside kick away i just don't know if i could live with that i'm gonna love with you justin i hate this I absolutely hate everything that this proposal means that the people who are getting honored at the Pro Bowl have to suffer through this just insult to the dame. Getting, I do not like the idea of getting rid of kickoffs. I don't like it. It's a part of the game. It always has been. Plus, you're going to have to massively restructure every single kicker's contract who currently is on kickoffs because that's a very big part of their job. You're cutting their job down in half. So you're going to have to restructure kickers' contracts. Kickers aren't going to be making as much money. So we got to think about that too. But as well, 
you're going to have teams like the Kansas City Chiefs. Why would they not just go for it every single time? They have high-powered offenses. Exactly. Teams who rely on their—it's going to hurt the defensive game of football. It's going to rely more on high-powered offenses and high-powered defenses. And I think what makes football so enjoyable is when defenses play well rather than when offenses play well. And I hate this rule for that reason. So we have a little bit of a happier subject now I want to tell you about, Justin. So the NFC title year, so you have the San Francisco 49ers, Green Bay Packers, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. The gear will help aid Australian fire relief. And what this means is that they are selling that the gear the p- players actually wore mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl. It's their online bids yeah. that people are actually going to be bidding for online. So you actually get to wear Aaron Rodgers jersey in mm-hmm. real life, but you have to bid for it. What you bid will go to helping the Australia, the horrible travesty down in Australia, the fire relief there. I think this is an amazing thing. They're also putting other things like other players' jersey. I think Larry Fitzgerald's jersey or something else is going right. to be on there. A lot of others, a lot of really charitable players are putting their things on there. A lot of things you can bid on right now for the NFL, and every single cent will go to help the Australian fire relief. I love this. Again, if you're someone who loves either the 49ers or the Packers. And, or kangaroos. Or, yes, that as well. And you want to go and support this, I would definitely recommend doing that. I mean, we're poor college students, so we can't really do that. But uh, this is just fantastic. I love when the NFL does stuff like this. This is like J.J. Watt helping out in Texas when they had all, all that stuff happen. This is just a good side of the NFL that I love seeing. I really hope that in the future the NFL can do more stuff like this. Moving on, Jason Garrett has officially been hired as the New York Giants' new offensive coordinator, the former Dallas Cowboys head coach. What do you think about this? I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he develops Daniel Jones as a quarterback because he had Tony Romo for about five seasons, and then you have Dak Prescott for about three or four seasons. And honestly, both of those quarterbacks, they progressed really well statistically. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what he does as an offensive coordinator as far as scheme goes. I think they just run it down your throat with Saquon Barkley because that's what he did in Dallas. I mean, they didn't do it enough with Zeke, and I think they could definitely do it with Saquon and just make this offense, yes, one-dimensional with the run, but also include some play action with Daniel Jones. Who can chuck the ball deep? I personally don't like this decision. If anyone was going to take Jason Garrett, it has to be a team out of division because every time the Cowboys play the Giants twice a year, the Cowboys will know exactly what's coming at him on offense. Jason Garrett's been there for a long time. They know how he thinks, and the Cowboys are going to absolutely eat the Giants alive every single time they play for the Nets, however long Jason Garrett is in this role. I don't know. As far as when you're thinking about when you play the Cowboys, I don't like it. Speaking about the Giants, however, Eli Manning has officially announced his retirement today after 16 seasons in the NFL, including two Super Bowl MVPs. Is he a Hall of Famer, Justin? He's top eight in several different categories, statistically. So you have that, and you have your Super Bowls. I think he is a Hall of Famer, but not first ballot. I think he has to. He needs to wait three or four years before he gets in the Hall of Fame. I think out of this 2006 draft class with him, Philip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger, I know two of those quarterbacks are definitely going to make it, him and Roethlisberger. Eli Manning, I appreciate him stepping down because if he didn't step down, I feel like it just would have been a lost cause for his career. Absolutely. I think this kind of saves face for him a little bit, especially after he's been benched now twice yeah. in the last couple of seasons. Moving on, J.J. Watt is hosting Saturday Night Live on February 1st. I don't remember the last time an NFL player hosted SNL. I think was Tom Peyton Brady. Manning, I think, right? Yeah, I think Tom Brady did it once, too. Uh, I think the most recent I have is Peyton Manning. But okay. J.J. Watt's coming on SNL. Is a little, 
I'm excited to see him. He's a funny guy. He's a great guy. So I want to see what he's like on skits. I think especially with just like, I don't know, the way he played, again, going back to football a little bit, but the way he played against the Bills and just he was hype. I want to see him bring that hype to Saturday Night Live. And again, Absolutely. I mean, we were talking about, um, we were doing our end of the year awards for our Christmas edition. And you said that he's one of your, like the nicest players in the NFL. And it's just going to be super entertaining to see him host Saturday Night Live. I don't watch SNL much anymore, but you guarantee I'm tuning into that episode. Oh, yeah. Carolina Panthers, there's a rumor circulating that they may trade up for the number one pick to get Joe Burrow. What do you think it's going to take for this to happen? I mean, we were talking about this earlier, so I'm going to give you credit for this one. I mean, a pick this year, a pick next year, and Cam Newton. I think it's going to take more than that, I, in my opinion. I think I don't, you just should throw a second round. I mean, they have to throw that. more in because, yeah. in my opinion right now, the way that Cam Newton's been playing has been okay, and he just can't stay healthy. So they're trying to rebuild a franchise, and I don't think you can rebuild a franchise around Cam Newton, in my opinion. If they get a first-round pick or a second-round pick and they feel like they can settle for another quarterback, maybe do that and just have Cam Newton as some insurance there. I think this would be great for the Panthers. And you're looking at the other side here. For the Panthers, they're also rebuilding. You have a new coach in Matt Rule, and also their offensive coordinator was the passing coordinator for LSU. What better way to have a new team come up than draft probably the best quarterback in college football history? I mean, yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Oakland, more like Folkland, am I right? (laughs) Bad joke. You know, people live in Oakland. Terrible. (laughs) Anyway, the Raiders are officially, 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 in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Raiders are official. All their social media pages are now Las Vegas. So the move is official. They're in Oakland no more. I don't I still don't like this. Oh no, they're not. Absolutely. It's better than the, it makes more sense than the Chargers move, but that's, still, I that's, don't like it still. Do you see this kind of being like the Chargers move a little bit where people aren't really there's not gonna be as much fans there? Or do you think this fan base will move well? to las vegas they'll move a lot better than the chargers did i think the chargers made a lot of people mad raiders fans are only mad if they're from oakland i think any raiders fan who's outside of oakland i don't know you can look at it from many angles yes they're going to lose fans will it be as many of the chargers i don't think so i will say for a team being in las vegas i think that john Gruden is definitely the coach for a team that's in las vegas in my opinion i still think a team in las vegas is going to lead to a lot of disciplinary issues and a lot of suspect players are going to well they're not going to play anymore because they're going to be suspended because they're going to get in the trouble it's vegas that's what happens speaking of vegas they're holding the 2020 draft and how are they doing it doing it vegas style they're doing it fancy at the bellagio fountains they're actually going to have the stage on the little pond lake river not a river whatever you want to call it the stage is going to be there and players will be transported to the stage by boat at the bellagio fountains what do you think of that? I don't like this. I do not like this <laughs> at extra. all. It's extra. It's extra. It seriously is. And like, again, you have a brand new franchise coming to Las Vegas. That shouldn't be the reason why you have players coming to the draft. And if I'm a player and I am being invited to the draft, in my opinion, I would say no. I'd rather be at the comfort of my own home than, I don't want to say be made a fool of, but it just seems like this is too much for a draft. I think they're just trying to get more viewers, in my opinion. I took a vacation out west this last summer and... One of the stops was Vegas. We went to Vegas for a couple of days. And I feel like I'm the minority of this. I was massively underwhelmed 
by mm. Las Vegas. Have you ever been to Vegas, Justin? I have not. So if you leak at the Bellagio Hotel, it's on a very crowded street. There's, it's just not a lot of room to wiggle. Of course, it's Vegas, big city. You kind of almost expect that. But the fountains are very underwhelming. They're not, I don't know. I just wasn't impressed by it. There's no room for anyone to like spectate, no room for fans to stand. It's going to be very crowded there off screen. I don't know. Moving on, Larry Fitzgerald has now become a part owner of the NBA's Phoenix Suns. He was actually asked to become a part owner by current owner Robert Sarver. What do you think of this? I love this, dude. It just cements Larry Fitzgerald's legacy in Arizona. I mean, he loves that area. He loves that area. You're right. I mean, he was a Walter Payton Man of the Year because he helped out so much in Arizona. Mm-hmm. He loves the community. The community loves him. I am very interested to see what he does with the Phoenix Suns because it's like an Arizona Cardinals type organization. They've been terrible for years mm-hmm. and years. Yeah. Ever since Steve Nash left, uh, I was a huge Steve Nash fan, point guard for the Phoenix Suns. And ever since he left and retired, it just doesn't seem like the same franchise. Very interested to see what Lafayette Cheryl can do to hopefully maybe turn this franchise around. It's funny because it's going to be a lot the same when Larry retires after this next season because it's going to be a lot of the same story. Oh, yeah. Antonio Brown, as of lately, he's officially under investigation for battery in his own home. He's a number one suspect in that ongoing case. It's uh, kind of brand new news coming out of that area. And from a dude who just has so much drama circling around him in this time of day, it's just not a good rep. My question for you, Justin, is is he ever going to see the field again? In order for him to see the field again, he has to get help mental help he has to and i i did read an article over the winter break about well will and it literally just asked that question will antonio brown ever return to the pros it's an article on espn i would definitely read it uh, because it talks about his legacy in the nfl but it also talks about his very complicated past um growing up in a very difficult area and he just had a lot of like mental health issues growing up and i know a lot of people as a steelers fan seeing him get hit by Bontez Burfick and then everything goes downhill. It, it was just very interesting to read something about him going through those problems. And again, like I said, he just needs to get some mental help. I really want to see him do well as a person mentally. Honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he should come back to the NFL because he needs to get right um, personally. I liked a lot of what you were saying there, actually. It's something people don't tend to think about. When you take an individual who's as emotionally troubled as he is, and then all of a sudden you throw him into the biggest stage in sports and then just give him all of this media attention and then add potential CTE on top of that, and eventually you're just going to break. Yeah. You're just going to fall apart, and that's exactly what Antonio Brown has done. And we can argue Antonio Brown all day. We've typically, here on Beyond the Bush, try to almost stray away from him. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at a certain point, we just got to talk about him, and that's what we did. We haven't even talked about football yet, Justin. Dude. This thing fast. We're 15 minutes in. We got to talk about this. AFC NFC Championship games. They weren't as wild as we might have hoped, but they were. there's still a lot to talk about here. The Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship game 35-24, to and the San Francisco 49ers steamrolled the Green Bay Packers 37-20 to at home. What do you think about the Super Bowl matchup, and what do you think about these games? This is very interesting because this 49ers team starts games really quickly and this Chiefs team starts games really slowly yeah that's a good point it's gonna be very interesting to see how both of these teams react I think from a defensive standpoint I think the 49ers would have a little bit more edge again we're gonna cover this next week a little bit more but 
just talking about the game, I mean, the fact that the Chiefs' defense held Derrick Henry to under 100 yards is fantastic, even though he only had 19 carries, and the Titans were behind the second half, and they forced Ryan Tannehill to take the game into his hands. I thought he did okay. Uh, there were some times where he, that offensive line couldn't hold for him. He got sacked. That pass rush for the Chiefs was great during this game, and the secondary was also fantastic for this team, but I mean, what would this game be like? If we didn't talk about Pat Mahomes, he took over this game. Mm, yeah. He is the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, we talked about it last week. I think he cemented it this weekend against a, a not bad Titans defense. I mean, they're underrated, but they're not a bad defense. I mean, he came and he threw the ball, but he also ran the ball and ran the ball well for this Chiefs team. I look at this Tennessee Titans team as a team that was very overlooked all season long, came in, all of a sudden Mike Rabel had all eyes on him, Derrick Henry had all eyes on him, Ryan Tannehill all of a sudden in top 10 QB conversations, and just a lot of attention and nowhere on the Titans, and I feel like that's almost what took them down, a lot of attention on Mike Rabel to do well, he just went too far with it. They took Derrick Henry out of this game way before they should have. They panicked way too fast. They were very fast to hit that alert button, and we got to start freaking out. We got to start airing the ball out. We got to catch up. We can't keep up with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know how you keep up with Patrick Mahomes? You keep the ball out of his hand. Yep. You give the ball to Derrick Henry first down, second down, third down, fourth down, every single play. I'm sorry. That's what it takes. Yeah. When you have a running back like him in the backfield performing like he has in the postseason, that's how you won that game, and they didn't do that. They took the power out of Derrick Henry's hands and put it in – a quarterback who just could not compete with the opposing quarterback. A couple more things I want to say about the Titans. One, the Titans are a team that this entire postseason, besides the game against the Chiefs, they've been ahead. So like you said, when they're not ahead, what do you do? You panic. And you just put it in the hands of Ryan Tannehill, which is exactly what the Steelers did. When you're behind, you just throw the ball, throw the ball, which sucks because you should be running the ball, especially a team like Titans. And I make a lot of bold predictions here. But I'm going to make this one here. Mike oh. Vrabel is the next Bill Belichick. Oh. Guaranteed. Hmm. I He coaches like Bill Belichick. We saw that against the Patriots. I can see him building this franchise up to two or three Super Bowls. A couple years ago, we were saying the same about Doug Peterson, though. So I guess we'll just really see where it goes next year. I don't know if there's a coach in the league who has more to prove than Mike Vrabel coming into next season. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely see how he does there. We got to talk about this 49ers team, though. What really blows my mind here, it's, just, it's one of the craziest stats I've ever seen in the postseason. 49ers put up 37 points, right? Yeah. Their quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, threw eight passes, six completions. You put up 37 points, and your quarterback only throws for six completions. That's insane. They didn't even need a quarterback to win. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are relying 100% <coughs> completely on their quarterback. The 49ers starting running back Tevin Coleman got injured with a shoulder injury, and then Raheem Mostert comes in out of nowhere. Who was this kid? Before he became a 49er, before this season, he's been on five different teams now. No one knew who he was before this year. Now, four touchdowns leading his team. One of the most insane surprises I've ever seen was Mostert coming in to this game and just going off against this Packers defense who just had no answer. Yeah, I think about this game. You think about the Tennessee Titans when you look at an offense like the 49ers. Ryan Tannehill threw for under 100 yards both games in the wild card against the Patriots and the divisional against mm-hmm. the Ravens. This just looks like another Titans and Chiefs matchup for the Super Bowl. And again, I just feel like if the 49ers fall behind by 10 points, 17 points, they're going to panic and they're going to pass the ball and Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to make some mistakes. Now, granted, I know a lot of 
um, analysts, NFL analysts, have been saying that Jimmy Garoppolo is not a clutch quarterback. If you give him the ball at the end of the game, he's not going to do well. In my opinion, I don't think so because I've seen three different times at least this season against a good team where he went down the field. I think of that Saints game where he just 40 seconds left, took the ball down the field, kicked a game-winning field goal, won the game. So, again, we'll talk about this more next week when we talk about the Super Bowl. But the 49ers, I mean, they deserve to be here. Kyle Shanahan is going to be the coach of the year, putting nothing against the 49ers here. But, again, I mean, going against a Packers team where their mm-hmm. season was not lost as well. I mean, there's some people that are saying, like, this is a disappointing season for the Packers. Are you kidding me? I did not see the Packers even yeah, making the playoffs. Absolutely. They made it to the NFC Championship. They got the second overall seed in the NFC. Kudos to the Packers, even though you lost this game. 13-3 and three and you have a rookie coach? Are you kidding me? This kid who just came in and took over this team blew up that nobody heard of by the way coach of the year in my opinion easily just such a good job Matt LaFleur did down there in Green Bay and the Packers are not hang their head down low this is a good 49ers team they just they couldn't get it done when you game plan for one player and then you end up getting hit with a different player that's hard to adjust to yes. and they just couldn't adjust in time for their late kind of sort of surge Anyway, that's pretty much all the time we have here. We already went a little bit longer for Think Fast. I feel like we say this every single time, but, oh, yeah. you know, I got to throw it in there. You know, we got to be quicker. Anyway, please tune in next week for our in-depth, very in-depth Super Bowl preview. And thank you very much for tuning in here. We are the Blitz Crew, Brandon Wells and Justin Rogers, and we will see you next week for the Super Bowl here on Beyond the Blitz. Beyond the Blitz.